0: Thank you everybody for joining us today. It's been a wild last couple of days and weeks and I'm so excited to host this discussion about what museums can do to keep their audience engaged, entertained and inspired in this age of coronavirus. I know everybody's taking a couple minutes out of their day or even this full hour, so I really appreciate your attention, your interest and overall your passion coming here today. So couple brief remarks before we kick things into full gear as we all are fully aware museums and cultural institutions are facing this uncertainty about what the next days what the next weeks what the next months, even the next seconds and minutes hold for them it's a super super maybe not like that yeah yeah Um, and while no official numbers have been announced we know that several thousand museums are temporarily closed or facing closures and the public is being encouraged to stay at home to flatten the curve. And so for many of us, it feels like life has been flipped on its head. And for some of us, it truly has been flipped on its head. It's been an absolute roller coaster ride. And so where can we turn to answers right now? Where can we turn for support? And while museums are physically closed, what are creative and unique ways to keep audiences engaged? And what does it mean to be a distributed museum? So ultimately, how can we keep our audiences engaged, entertained, inspired during this time? And for the organizations and the public that we serve, we are all here to be a resource for each other. It's been an incredible time to see the museum community come together and share. Mm -hmm. We hope this discussion today will help provide new ideas, best practices, and a forum for all of us to stay connected, make the best of these next couple of weeks in light of everything, and, and be the most successful we can. So without further ado, I want to introduce our special guests for the hour. We have Seema Rao, who is deputy director and chief experience officer at the Akron Museum of Art. She has nearly 20 years of experience in the museum field with an extensive background in interpretation, programming, digital content development for audiences of all kinds. And many of you probably know her for her work at the Cleveland Museum, where she led research and development on some of the most successful digital projects in the field, like Gallery One and Studio Play. I know that she probably has more Muse Awards and Glammys than anyone else I know. And her work has overall impacted millions of museum visitors. So I'm so honored and thrilled to be able to engage in this conversation. Thanks with for you. having me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And next up at that, we have Scott Stolen, the director and president at the Philbrook Museum in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Scott is the former curator of audience experience and performance at the Indianapolis Museum of Art probably all know them today as Newfields, project director at uh, mnartist.org at the Walker Art Center, as well as a visual artist, writer, and DJ. Some of you know him through some of his creative projects, like the Internet Cat Video Festival, which is probably getting a lot of views right now, yeah, given the remote nature of things, but also really creative endeavors, like Artist Design Mini Golf, CSA, Community Supported Art and other types of creative projects that barely scratching the surface with that with that introduction. But Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks uh, for having really. me. And lastly, I'm Brendan Siakko. I'm the founder of QZM. I'll be your host and your moderator for today's discussion. So let's jump into the questions. I, I hope we have some good ones and I hope it sparks some engaging dialogue. So this one, we're gonna start with a question to Scott. In a conversation a few days ago, because we've been emailing back and forth and having a couple of chats. You mentioned that you formed an internal task force and urged your team to act and respond. in And I quote this, in more creative ways than people would expect from a museum. Can you share a little bit more on that notion?
1: Sure. When everything was escalating last week, and I think we all saw things move quicker than I think I've ever seen anything move. I mean, we went from kind of like thinking partial closure to closure when it felt like lightning speed. But yeah. In all of that, it was like we needed to form a team that could respond to it. And so we took a small team internally here just on Friday, got everybody together within a couple of hours, and basically tasked them with the idea to find things that are quick, things that are cheap, things that can help our community, and things that we can really keep the museum on people's minds when we're going to be closed physically in the space. But the biggest thing is, how do we really think about what people are going to need going forward and be proactive about that? And then anything that generates some dollars out of that and some support for the museum yeah. goes to the top of the pile. Or if it's something that basically has very little budget hit to it, because we're very much, all of us have that in mind as well. So the idea is, is that we got everybody together and we just started riffing on some things that can go forward. And it's only been a couple of days and we already have a whole list of things that we're implementing mm-hmm. on that. So everything from curbside pickup of activity kits for kids to having our shop, be able to do curbside pickup of different things from the museum shop. To We have a log cabin on our campus, so we're going to start a Cabin Fever concert series out there. (laughs) That's awesome.
2: awesome.
1: The the musicians will be in the cabin performing. We're paying them, so we're supporting those those artists that way as well. But we'll be live streaming all of that and having recordings of that going forward. We started a Museum From Home hashtag, and we've been Mm -hmm. putting this out to museums to basically do uh, social media swaps. Mm -hmm. So today is the first day we're actually swapping our Instagram account. And if any other museums out there want to do that, hit us up at Philbrook and we'll get you on the schedule and we'll do it. We're basically doing a show and tell between museums with our social accounts. Who, um, are, you, who are you swapping with? We're uh, swapping. If, We're swapping yeah, this week. Jack on the list. You're coming We're on up. the list. We've got dozens already signed up for yeah. it. So it's, already, it's amazing the response we've had. So if anybody else wants in, you know, let us know. And we can do that. We're riffing off what the uh, Shed Aquarium did with the mm-hmm. penguins. And we're letting our garden cats do a museum tour later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: You have a whole cat brand. You stay on the cat I brand. I uh, to live it up. I
1: mean, in my cat shirt today. So. Uh, a- no, no,
2: no. <laughs> yeah. Brendan, okay. can I answer the same yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about when... So, you guys were emailing me forth. I was trying to stay on top of email, so I didn't, but I got to read all the emails afterwards. And I was thinking that Scott's, you know, your your cat video thing in some ways is so interesting because when that happened, that was about the fact that we were seeing digital growing, right, there was all of a sudden this new little world of digital and we've been doing things on site and so you brought the digital on site. And it's in some ways now we're about, all of us are like, all of us had flipped And sometime around last week, I don't know when it was. So that one group doc that you said, I had um, started the one, the closure one, uh, because I had to figure out, we were saying, like, when are people closing? And we're, you know, we're a mid-scale museum. And so we have to look at the bigger ones and the smaller ones and everybody. And so I was thinking how interesting the world is that that what you have somebody is right now in some place in this country coming up with cat videos 2.0. They're doing something that's going to just make us all, and maybe it is the penguins. I don't know. They were pretty cute, but there is something happening and it's because your cat video thing was something where you were allowed to kind of go to something to do something surprising and different. And for the team, that's what we did. So I did a, we did, we had a standing team um, to do social media so that we had people from different voices and, We also meet meet once every other week, I guess. And it's people from all over the institution who talk about like what's good on social. And it's because we all read different social and some of Mm. us don't even read social. So it's, they're kind of a nice litmus test for is this, does this make any sense? And so then we started meeting by email and we created Google Docs and we have all these ideas. But it was also this kind of thing where I was like, I'm not vetting it. I'm just making sure it gets on the calendar, but we're all going to do this together. And that um, all in has been something I've really been proud of for my team internally but also everybody on social the whole all the museum social people have been all in Um, and Scott said this before we started but I would say this again because I can see all the names and a lot of them (laughs) are muse social people for all the people who don't know who's going to help you get this through this the muse social people are going to because they have been spending all of their time all the time looking at what people who don't come to museums do and right now, Absolutely. all the people who don't come to museums, this is our chance to catch them because the people who come to museums are using digital and they're sharing it with the people who don't come to museums. And so, you know, all those days that you were sitting in a meeting where somebody's like, but what do the non-visitors do? Well, today, mm-hmm. everybody is, could be a visitor and everybody is right now a non-visitor.
0: It's pretty amazing to think of Muse Social as not just social media. It's really in-house R&D and, and yeah. kind of your
1: pulse yeah. on what
0: the public's looking for. Scott, you want to add a couple things and then I have Yeah, a just really quickly.
1: One. I mean, I think it's, and, and I, I think that's, that's spot on, C-Man. and like, The thing I always said about the cat video thing is that it wasn't about cat videos. It was mm-hmm. about watching cat videos together. Yeah. It was about doing that activity together. And now we're basically reversing it in yes. a way but it's using the technology to still remain connected. So I think that's the biggest thing is that how is, you can see connection throughout all, all of this. That we're is flipping totally caps, yeah. Flipping that tools. Is Content's the same, but using different tools to do it. But- to the communication point because this is where it isn't it is going to be museum social and all that's going to get us through some of this but it's also from leadership there too to be clear consistent honest be as transparent as you can be Uh uh, and communicating to a point of which you think you're over communicating yep and i think Uh this is the point of which is that the mistake to make right now is to to turn off because your Mm -hmm. museum's turned off and and think that your audience isn't listening they need you now more than ever
2: no it is that is that The last point about they need you more than ever and they're not listening, it's every person, any other person who's part of our community wants to hear from us. And that's your staff and that's your volunteers and that's everybody because this is a time it's, you know, that, that thing, somebody, I don't know who tweeted it. It was some, some uh, writer. I hate living in unprecedented times. And I was like, yes, (laughs) that's right. That we all are in this together and it's really uncomfortable for every person. Yeah. And for a lot of leaders, particularly, I think we think of the we're very focused on certain outcomes. Like Scott said, I mean, I am, too. I want our organization to succeed, which does mean bringing in money, too, at this time. Like they're all for those sure, things. For sure. And so a lot of those things are outward looking. And so we often preference communication to them. So the other thing about your first question and answer was that you were saying, I came inside, I told these people, I honored these people who work with me, I told them what I needed, they told me what we should do, you were communicating internally. And that to me has been, you know, I mean, I actually I was saying before we got on, I have a cold and allergies and a cough. And I actually emailed all the people I work with to tell them I I didn't have a fever, which is something I would never do. I wouldn't even think to say it out loud. But I thought, this is a time where actually a little oversharing is not going to hurt us.
0: Agreed. For sure. Yeah, and it's well, we,
2: we're going to have to be human in this time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Seema, I have a question for you. You know, As I mentioned earlier, you've been involved in some of the most innovative and celebrated on-site engagement initiatives yeah. in the sector. So Gallery One at, yeah. at Cleveland Museum of Art and a bunch of other digital and audience-centric mm-hmm. initiatives. So with that being said, on-site, what are recommendations you would make to museums looking to keep their audience engaged when clearly on-site, experiences temporarily off the table? Right. So when they're physically well, closed, how do you take advantage of these other channels and other avenues?
2: Well, I think, you know, Scott sort of said this. There's all, all, there's all these people out there who want something. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, they're the same things they want when we're on-site. They want to be collective. Mm-hmm. Actually, the point that he made about the, ca- the cat videos and they were all yep. together watching it... Act- I've noticed how much people are putting on like I ate this for dinner let's let me show you you know, and even more than ever the people are actually using social in a collective way in separated spaces mm-hmm. um, and I would say that social was the biggest one of the biggest things I, for all the initiatives and I did a lot I mean I did digital but I also did a lot of community engagement and you know lots of other Ways to get collections to people 's you know consciousness and give them ownership of it, and so they want to be with other people in some way, so even if they physically aren 't they want to yep. share it they want to talk about it and I think that for anybody who 's trying to figure out what what they 're going to do next it 's going back to those fundamentals so for us, a lot of fundamentals we had been talking for months anybody who 's ever heard me talk about Akron talks about i t- talk about we have a weekly cross-departmental cookie hour at two o'clock on Tuesdays, which everyone should do, and we solve a problem. And so we, one of the problems we actually solved is what do visitors want from us? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went back, I went back to that, and a lot of it is, you know, like there's there's things like they want to do, for example, we have been talking a lot about verbs. For our audience, where we are in our region, even though digital will move you past your region. Those core people are the ones you maybe know best. So starting with them is a good sort of sample size. And for our people, a lot of what they wanted was to do something. They wanted verbs. So the things that we're focusing on for social are things that kind of are verbs: learn, explore, make. And so we decided for our audience that was the key to our what we what we're going to do. Surprise, you know, those are kind of the things mm-hmm. that that mattered to us. <coughs>
0: Well, let's talk specifically about some of the online channels from the remote connection side of things. What are some of the must-do, must-have channels right now that your museum's tapping into, Mm -hmm. that you're watching other museums tapping into? And specifically, what would a week's worth of content look like during a week-long shutdown? (sighs) I don't want to paint a picture of a month-long shutdown. I know that's clearly happening. But for a week, (laughs) for someone who's never maybe put together or been in a scenario like this, which is probably all of us, what does that look like? I know we're seeing some amazing things happening at The Shed and at other museums, leveraging different channels, having a moment of zen and and relief for people. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what those channels are. And specifically, again, what does that Mm -hmm. seven day, what does that week look like?
2: I do have to say for both Scott and I, we don't have living collections. And I mean, we really like, it's already, you know, I, I, my museum is a modern contemporary collection that is quite awesome, but for a lot of people, a little bit challenging. And I saw the, I saw somebody from the shed, you know, tweet out his penguins. And I was yeah. like, Oh, Rob, you got penguins. I don't have penguins. <laughs> I don't have cats. You know, Like, I have a soul it, which I love, but you know, like the, for some, for some of us, it's a little bit more of a jump. And I yeah. think for my scheduling, one of the things we did figure out was well, the penguins are going to win right away. All those living things, they got their videos. I really didn't want my staff to go back into our building after we went to work off site. So we're not, whatever video we had is what we're working with right now. We're trying to, you know, like camping, we're just dealing with what we got. So that was the first thing about scheduling. We figured out what our mm-hmm. resources were, what our, like Scott said, what we want to do how much we can actually accomplish what it will yeah. cost us what would earn us that kind of thing so that was our first step
1: yeah and we're using the the you know the channels that we already had of course right. we're using the instagram and facebook and twitter like we always have using facebook live and yeah, mm-hmm. this isn't That's the time true. to reinvent something new this yeah. is the time to use what the platforms that we already have in place but it's how do we use them a little bit differently That's so right. can we recycle some content we already have which is one thing you know we've looked at yeah, how fun. do we look at some things by whether it's you know everybody's doing the live stream tours and things like that that are easy go-to but we're also trying to see what can we do that's unique so we're kind of leaning into trying to do some slow yes. live streams uh-huh. nice. um, so all of our tulips are coming up in the garden and nobody's here to see them so we yeah. make the, live stream <laughs> the tulips growing for example and ways that we can do some things that maybe stand out a little bit that maybe go the slow tv route rather than you nice. know the fast route on things too because the biggest thing is this people are looking for things they can do that are educational as a distraction or teach their kids because everybody's at home yeah or they're looking for things that are an escape from everything that's happening so how do we kind of be able to fulfill yes. those things
2: actually we're very similar in, the, in that too so we were talking about so what's something that actually is great in digital natively in digital and I do think details of artworks are mm-hmm. something where I mean I have terrible eyes and I also know that you know, every guard in America wants me not to stand too close. So digital is a great example um, of that. And we were talking about meditating on the surfaces of, we have a wonderful modern um, American modern collection, and those surfaces are so polished that the human could do that is amazing. And that's something where on digital, that would be great. We were also talking today about thinking about, you know, when an artist makes a lot of stuff, we can't most, other other than maybe like the Broad or something, we don't have a room full of <coughs> our Um, But putting all of those on digital, allowing people to see kind of a, a slice of an artist, for example, maybe is something we're doing. So we are trying to figure out what, and Scott's right, this is not maybe the moment to reinvent. Yeah. You know, we were working on a podcast pretty actively, and then it wasn't finished, and it's not finished. We're not going to do that right now, because we're not physically together, and I'm trying not to Overstress us right <clears throat> this is about we've i've been trying to say like it's a marathon we have to survive this we need to be open at some point so we're using the tools we already have and the other thing scott said which i would ask all of you to do is go back to your staff and ask them what you already have yeah. and that's what we did we for said sure. what do you have in your camera reels what do we have on our vpn that we can get access to what tools did we already use for educators for example that we could reuse for families our scheduling thing to go to to brendan's thing We've decided, and I think scheduling will be, We've I think we, we've sort of figured out that it's going to be fluid a little bit because we don't know the way people's rhythms of usage is. So, you know, where you used to schedule like only one, you can't overschedule. Yep. And yep. Now people seem like they want to be online all the time. And so right now we're trying um, <clears throat> kind of deep content, content that, you know, like tour content, stuff like that in the morning for the people who've like shown up to the work in their office, content people you know like oh my god I'm at the office but I'm in my bathrobe at home so we gave them something deep you know thoughtful in the morning and then for the and then we did afternoon the more kind of make it the people who have now spent a few hours with their children and they've lost it so Mm -hmm. we try to think about like what are people's daily rhythms? as a sense of of that that's one thing we're sort of thinking about Mm -hmm. Another thing that I invite everybody to participate in is museum games. We're going to do game. We're doing an initiative and you can just reach out to me and I'll help you with that. Just, we're going to just, I'll just be, we'll be working together across every platform. Scott started by talking about distributed. This is not, th- we are not in competition with each other. We are all mm. in this together. I saw And it. so we're doing a crossword puzzle. We're doing games like on Sundays, like the Sunday crossword puzzle. We're going to launch one on Sunday with Mar Dixon um, and lots and lots of other wonderful institutions. But we're sharing some of the work because that's Mm -hmm. the other thing. This is a huge amount of labor for our teams. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a really interesting point you're making about being in it all together. And I want to take this moment to just add a couple quick bits. There are over 3000 people on this webinar. Wow. Uh, which is blowing we're my mind. have some great
2: games. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for, for <laughs> showing up. I know we're 20, 20 minutes in. And also, there are some great questions coming in through the comments and oh, q and cool. I guarantee that we'll be able to answer a bunch of them, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. So add those to the general channel, and we'll we'll loop back on those. If not today in the next hour, then I can assure you we're going to create a sheet, and we're going to share it cool. with the community at large so that if you have a question, cool. someone from the community surely has an answer. And and on the point Seema was making about we're all in this together, I want to actually jump into a question that came in from Laura Freeman at the Bruce Museum in Greenwich, Connecticut. So she said, we don't have anything like museums at home that it seems other museums already had in place. Mm -hmm. Do you think one of the first things we should do is create an FAQ uh, of sorts that has links to things that other museums are doing that they can view and listen to? And, And on that, is it okay for us to share Links and images of collections <coughs> from other museums and and I just want to add from from my side what I saw yesterday that was really exciting and, and partially answering that before you guys jump in is Mass Mocha is one of the mm-hmm. largest contemporary art spaces in the in the world yeah. over over here in Massachusetts, and they don't have a true yeah. permanent collection and one of yeah. the coolest things that I saw on their Instagram stories was they were giving shout outs to the Williams College Museum of Art the Clark, all of their neighbors in the Berkshire yeah. thing, saying, these other our, our neighboring museums, have great content. They're looking yes. for eyes. You're looking for inspiration. I thought that was the coolest thing to see that level of camaraderie. So yeah. are you guys SF
2: SFMOMA seen- was doing it for Museum at Home the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <clears throat> definitely we're actually, we have lots of resources and we're still deciding to share other people's resources because this is, this is the time to do that. And, you know, part of it is we're, we're, to our visitors, we're I think like Starbucks. You walked into a Starbucks, you don't know if it's a franchise or if it's a company. You don't care. You want your Starbucks. We're museums. We're all doing the same thing, and it actually deepens for us. Many, you know, many medium-sized modern and contemporary museums have one of X, and so why not go? We have all these wonderful institutions. Like I linked to the Met for something. Yeah. Um, their online collection. I linked to Smithsonian American Art Museum's, um, you know, the archives of the artists. I don't have that. I don't interview the artist. Our national institution did it. Why should I double that work? You know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all for sharing (laughs) whenever we possibly can. We are definitely not competitors. We're in this together. Yeah. And that goes even for people that are in your own region and city is that we really need to be able to partner with each other. And this is a great time to be able to do more of that. And I'm seeing that happen. I will say locally, we've been doing that with all the Cultural organizations here in in Tulsa, and I know that's happening in other cities too. But it's a great opportunity for that to happen. And yeah, you know, I think we really should be you know using what's out there, sharing it where we can, uh-huh. and helping each other out, and that absolutely even goes to throwing ideas out there. And and I, yeah. I wanted for one idea just from the last question, and they're just so I'm thinking. You know, we're all looking at kind of different people's like homes basically through these webinars and other oh, yeah. we doing now. There's this opportunity that we can show off the artwork that's in our own homes.
2: We're gonna and we're, do things we're, there, right? Yes, we're doing. That's one a great of my one of my educators, um, Caitlin, was saying we're gonna we're we're um, looking at um, how we're gonna have we have a wonderful collection of Ohio artists. And maybe what do Ohio artists collect in their that's homes it. and looking at yeah so we're, we're that's one of the things she brought up and actually I think it, I don't know if it came out of all of these things we were already in or if she just had it in innately but she brought it up in a meeting the other day and I thought that was a great idea it also made it the reason she thought of it and is you said you started by saying we're all in our own homes yep. And I would say for all of us start with where we are yes that to me is you know, so the museums. you said I you didn't that. have X start with what you have. You know that's the other thing I would encourage you to do. I would guess that you have a deep body of knowledge about your space or you took pictures when you were in meetings that, on your phone or you you know we all I invited everybody to go to their camera reels. That was the first thing we did. I was like what do you got? What pictures do we have? Who has videos? You know. <laughs> what, did, what was no. interesting to you? you know, those kinds of things I bet you have a lot that you don't know you have.
0: For sure this question is to both of you. Are there any museums that you're specifically keeping an eye on or keep an eye on that do an effective job of mixing education and entertainment in their digital engagement efforts? I know just in the last years, I've been really blown away by the work of the Hammer Museum with, you know, the Will Ferrell. Uh, and then also the La Brea t- Carpets also with Will Ferrell. And I know not all of us have a big Hollywood comedian and (laughs) actor in our our backyards, (laughs) but I think those are obviously examples where education and entertainment have Mm. been merged together in an effective way because the reality, and I know this has been probably said a million times over, that people choosing between... Netflix and Hulu and Mm -hmm. Amazon and other forms of entertainment Mm -hmm. and obviously those have their fatigue and we want that fatigue to kick in so people (laughs) rely more on on the the educational and the the inspirational content (laughs) who are some of these museums what are some of those campaigns and I know Scott you probably have a ton of ideas on this just based on the you know work that you guys do
1: at the Mm. over right now. There's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot of museums doing good work there, and I I do think though, looking outside of our field a bit is is where to yeah. look some of this, and because yeah. you're going to see some things there that are even forced to be more radical with yeah. it. Um, and I also think living collections, looking there, is another thing too, because they they have things that are immediately accessible and also are kind of free of the stuffiness that at times art museums are part of. Yeah. And yes, mm-hmm. I but they're kind of freeing of that, and I think mm-hmm. we should be looking and be able to borrow things. Like you know, the Penguins is a good model. We keep coming mm-hmm. back. The other thing is I think looking in the podcasts and seeing how podcasts have been able to do this. So yeah, I'll use an example: mm-hmm. I'm giving a shout out to there's a podcast called Brains On that's a kids science podcast yeah. that's it's based good. on Minnesota Public Radio, and they just had an episode yesterday about the coronavirus, explaining it to kids. And I had my kids listen to it yesterday. And it was a great way of kind of like why what's happening and explaining it on that level. I think we can look at some of those things and really think about how do we borrow from that and think about how we mix really heavy and really good content while making mm-hmm. it available for our audience.
0: No,
2: I think you're right. Um, here, So, I mean, there's so, so many, and I almost feel like, because I know so many of these people, I don't want to necessarily, I I think there's lots of good people and some of the names are escaping me. So there's lots of people Mm. I love, I can't remember right now. But I do think like Monterey Bay Aquarium, they do, one of the things I like about their tone is that it's very um, kind and gentle. I mean, I I think for me, for each institution is working on their own tone. You know, the Getty has done a really great job with uh, their tone.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah.
2: Absolutely. I, I think New York Historical Society does a really good job of bringing you really great surprises. You know, like you're like, what? I mean, they have so what what I like about all of those three examples. And I, I mean, I know that there's so many other people I'm just not thinking of at this minute, but each of them figured out what they have and how they can be them. I mean, like I can't be the New York Historical Society. I didn't I'm not I'm not in New York. I don't have a historical collection. I don't you know, I don't have as we started with penguins. And so instead of starting with what you don't have, it's like starting with what you have and what's your brand within it. Mm-hmm. But Scott said something else that I, I think we should all think about as a field right now. Nina Simon had put in in her newsletter just th- yes this morning, maybe right now, that it's a good chance for us to think about what the future is going to be. And I had written yesterday on my blog post about there's all these divergent roads that are ahead of us. And we don't know which one we're going to take because a lot of it does deal with funding and money and lots of other kinds of this, you know, service sector and, you know, all kinds of things. But we do get some choice in it. And our, Ira Glass once came to speak many, many years ago at our NPR station, WKSU. And he said, uh, oh, somebody else just And he said one of the things he thinks is the biggest problem NP- NPR stations have is that they want to be brain fuel. And so they brand themselves as smart above other things, when mm-hmm. really people are there to get so many things beyond smart. And I, and I think the best of social across the board, it's sometimes not mm-hmm. just one channel, but like a tweet itself is that they decided they were gonna blend smart and entertaining. They were gonna blend funny and curiosity. You know, they weren't, they were, they weren't just gonna be the smart guys and the, the sort of s- snotty ones. They were gonna be with the people for the people.
0: Mm-hmm. let's it's i mean let's working, dive you know. let's dive into that aspect of kind of the melding of different <coughs> dynamics whether it be you yeah. know educational entertaining funny all of those different dynamics where in many ways i think some of the projects that have had the biggest impact on audience engagement mm-hmm. have been in that realm and they all started yeah. with really small ideas let's like rattle off the text me sf and, and yeah. a wide range of other things really small ideas that turned into big things, dot, 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 internet cat video festival and, <laughs> and other things that it kind of sound in, in some degree in the traditional realm of the, the institution to be a crazy idea, a wild idea, a radical idea when in reality they are not. So what advice would you have to the museum community here today which is obviously full of ideas. And sometimes you need to pull out all of Mm. the ideas and show me your worst ideas to get to your best ideas. You know, so this community full of ideas of creative ways to keep the audience's attention during the coronavirus, but Mm -hmm. how do they navigate the pace of the traditional organization or general sensitivities around how we communicate or position ourselves? What would your recommendation be to that educator, that social media manager, and and so on? You got to blow it up.
1: Yeah. Gotta blow it up. Yeah. I like it. And, uh, Hashtag I mean, gotta blow it up. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So going even back to the, you know, part of the thing I'll use, just use the cat video festival as an example of it. Part of that was looking at already existing behaviors. Yeah. People, cat videos already agree. existed. People already watched them. We just put it in a different yeah. context. So, and Seema said this several times. It's understanding who your audience is what do they want and what are they actually doing instead of what we wish they were doing.
2: Yes, so that's, do the, that's the part.
1: And that's right. so back to that point just a little bit, I think as far as we're dealing with it here in this context, what we're dealing with now, we need to get rid of some of the processes that we normally have in place that don't allow anything to move quickly. Uh-huh. We need to make things move much faster so you can go from idea right. to approval to execution within days, if not hours, rather than weeks or months like we normally uh-huh. run. That's not how museums normally operate. Yes, it's true. Um, Our risk tolerance needs to go way up, and we need to be able to reward things that do work and learn from it as we go forward. So it's a whole different atmosphere, and certain staff will thrive in that and some won't. Mm -hmm. It's understanding not forcing people in a place where they just aren't going to be able to operate, but those that can, let's support them. Let's put them in a position where they can run with things in this. And I, I like to see this as being it's a challenge, but it's also a huge opportunity to do some things differently.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe
1: there's some things that you've been trying to get done or been wanting to kind of like reset mm-hmm. or do, and mm-hmm. this could be the moment to do it. That is
2: exactly it. It's, this is the chance, we're gonna take it, we're gonna run with it, we're gonna do our best with it, but also we're gonna be okay if it didn't work. I mean, yep. <laughs> right now is the time where our audiences have the least expectations of us. I mean, that is, that is so empowering. That's yeah. what we were saying. And I think we can try lots of things. Nobody, you know, they're yeah. all, I mean, people are, they can barely make it through the day because their kids are home with them. So like, they don't, That's right. they're not, this is, we started this before this, that I said yeah. in all of my internal webinars, we should be okay with, you know, webinars with people's cats coming in and kids. I mean, it,
0: with, it feels, it feels like
2: changed. a It feels Take like a that blessing. that and run with it. Can I say yeah. something though about send me SFMOMA?
0: Yeah, 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 um, absolutely.
2: The other thing I would say, so run with it. You know, encourage encourage people to experiment, fail, and be okay with that. Learn from it. Also, don't kill everybody by doing, you know, too much. All those kinds of things. Yeah, the, send me SFMOMA. <laughs> thing. One of the things I remember Keir Winesmith and Marla Massounis and Jay Malika were talking about when they had presented it. And Maybe the, I feel like I'm missing a name. I'm sorry, whoever, I've just forgotten. Maybe Chad. And that they had, Marla had been tagging artworks and she'd been talking about how she had already been thinking about collections. And so they used something they already had and then did this really groundbreaking thing. But they did actually start by looking at what they had. And so for so many of us and figuring out what they can accomplish with what they have, obviously SFMOMA is one of the largest institutions and Mm -hmm. their have is a lot bigger uh, verb than my have perhaps. But, you know, a lot of you guys, a lot of us, all of us, potentially, are in um, our houses, as Scott reminded us. And we have maybe just our VPNs, if we're lucky, and our phones and the pictures we took. But we have all this imagination. So this might be a time, for example, you have no pictures of the new exhibition that just opened on the 29th of February that you want to show everybody um, because it's so incredibly wonderful. And so what are you going to do to solve that problem? And I think if you can get into that situation where you're like, okay, there was a different way we solved it, you know, before the deluge, Mm -hmm. Now we're here. How are we solving this? And I, I think that's where you, you start changing the mindset of communication too. That this is the problem we have. This is these are the things we're solving for. These are the ways we could potentially solve it. And lots, lots fewer knows. You know, no, we couldn't do that. We couldn't possibly do that because right now there's a lot of opportunity.
0: <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about the tactical underlying foundation that enables some of that work to be done. We have a question from Jacques Haba from the Nasher Sculpture Center in Dallas, mm. Texas. So he, he asked, with such an influx towards digital, there will no mm-hmm. doubt be other departments that are not used to working with yeah. digital tools and assets who will need to adapt new modes of working. What are yes. some good workflows, methodologies, one yes. on uh, and practices that can help those folks uh, be successful in this time?
2: So I know Jacques, and I feel like he could answer this question better than me, but I would say for us internally, we started, we had been having lots and lots of communication, conversations about communication and how people, who communicates best by email and who likes a text and, you know, what goes in an email, what's in a meeting. And we'd already sort of been living that this, this meeting could have been an uh, email situation. But then when we got to this world, we, for example, have this last couple of days, all of our teams have tried out Zoom to see if we can all do this together. We have articulated which of our meetings can go to be emails, which ones can be Google Docs. Mm-hmm. We sat down, everybody has been working on work plans. To, so we knew time would be different for everybody all of a sudden because... Mm-hmm. You know, people are chunking hours because of husbands and kids and partners and wives and whatever spouses. So we moved to a place where we've been more outcome-based to help us not talk about time quite the same way, because everyone's time has just you know got become fractured. We sent uh, we sent a lot of. We wrote down a lot of policies, like we wrote a work at home policy and Mm an email policy. We actually had the email policy. How best to work in on conference calls, because not everybody, many people were joking on Twitter. If you've been part of Museum Computer Network, you know to mute your phone, but not everybody does. So, you know, those kinds of things, getting everyone up to speed to the same are all things I would recommend.
0: Can I, Seema, can I ask you, based off of what we're talking about here for, it's obvious for many folks working in the field, in really any industry, this might be the first time they're working remotely. And I know in in addition to the self-care aspect, which is a topic you've absolutely led the dialogue on in the museum field, what are some tips you have to the team building and keeping morale high internally? Because I almost see that as equally important, keeping everybody's eye on the ball, keeping them motivated, keeping the morale high. How do you do that remotely?
2: yeah I know i mean I, it's we're all like in a brave new world right yeah I've been trying to send i mean i I honestly feel like my team is doing amazing they're they're like they're just i i mean to be Scott said at the beginning, this is a time to be truthful and and transparent so I've just been like hey, I'm so glad, thank you for doing this. We have to send this emergency press release this minute while you're going to get sugar before the <laughs> you know before before the world ends or whatever and so i mean I think being honest with them is good. I have been saying to us, but I haven't been modeling it. You know, the museum games uh, is exciting and you should join us. But writing a crossword puzzle for a lot of museums is hard. And so I was like at home last night thinking, oh my God, I have to give a talk about wellness. And I'm like, I'm not doing wellness. (laughs) But I would say that one of the things for me is giving ourselves grace So that's the thing about that's why I keep saying about like, we should be okay with the world being a little bit wonky. We should be okay with people getting on the webinar. We have to, we don't give ourselves a lot of grace because most of our organizations have a certain level of finish we have to have. That's just how our field is Mm -hmm. and what donors expect. But in this sort of brave new world that grace can be good for us and we should give it to ourselves too. I've been trying to say to them, you know, okay, like, what, what do we not need to do? If we're now move pivoting, what are we not doing? Um, and hearing your leader say that, I had to say, I didn't, I don't remember very many of my managers saying, what are you not doing when I add this task to you?
1: Yeah, I um, think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And I think from the leadership side, it's to really understand that, to be <laughs> honest, be as transparent as you can without yeah. you know, freaking people out. Yeah. But being and being consistent, because right now, because this is moving so quick and there's so little yeah. that we feel like we, that is known. the more of a constant that you can provide will help a lot and it will mm-hmm. let staff be able to, to do their work. Yes. But also it's, I think on the other side of that, and I've said this several times in meetings over the last few days with staff, is that there's certain things that I honestly don't know. Yes. And to be able to say that and be honest yes. with that is, I don't know. And we're going to figure it out together. And we'll know more in a few days. But I don't know right now.
2: That's right. Me too. I felt like I said it in every meeting today. And I think also for for us, we're on this call, everybody is from, you know, many different countries and many different states, and many different regions. And so I was taught, I don't remember who I was meeting with today, somewhere else in Ohio. And I was saying, Oh, what's it like down there? And Ohio's not a it's a you know medium-sized state it's not that far away where this person was um, sitting but it was far enough away that it was very different than what it is up here Mm -hmm. and so not knowing is sort of compounded in our field right now because yeah like I'll talk to somebody in Monterey and their their world is like this and my world is like this and being honest about that sort of uncertainty I, I hope it's good I mean it's it feels like the right thing to do
0: yeah, it seems like if there was ever a time for your leadership, for your directors to be a little vulnerable mm-hmm. and to open up and, and let people know what they don't know and be honest about it, I think that there's absolutely no better time. And I think that's a value that's really hard to come by, obviously, given the polished nature, mm-hmm. as, as you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, shifting gears to another question from the audience. This one comes from Ariana Bayer. At the Fine Art Museums of San Francisco. She wants to know, and, and I know, Scott, you answered part of this earlier, which I loved. How do we continue to support the artists and educators who are the mm-hmm. authors and facilitators mm-hmm. of just the kinds of rich programming we're mm-hmm. all scrambling to, to shift online?
1: Yeah, let me just add a little bit to that. I think one thing is we're going to have to be comfortable allocating resources a little mm-hmm. bit differently. So the budget we may have in some areas, you know, one thing that we haven't really even talked about is exhibitions. You know, this is have a dramatic impact in exhibitions. exhibition. Yeah. Timelines get shifted. But it also means moving budgets around for some things too. So should that be moved over to areas of the actual stuff that we're doing here? And I know it's going to be more disruptive than people even realize now about yeah. what's going to happen at an exhibition level as things keep going. But it's something we need to start planning for now. But on a really smaller level, it's also looking out there. Are there other partners, other organizations, other businesses that we can be partnering with to help out each other? So, you know, we had, for example, we're still letting some people in very small uh, groups into the museum. So we may look at actually having a local yoga thing do a live stream in our gallery mm. and that out. Mm. So we're kind of doing mm. something together,
0: something Let, like that. Let's I mean, when you mm. know, when everything's closed until further notice, what role and, and I was kind of like an Obvious. I don't even want to say, if any, um, yeah. what role do you see live streams playing over the upcoming days and weeks? And I know we can talk mm-hmm. for an hour just about live streaming tours yeah. while it's closed and recycling content, but you, you, Scott, you're, you're talking about yoga. What are some things that we might be seeing museums live stream in addition to their docent, curator or director walkthroughs of the museum?
1: Well, I'll just, and then I'm sure Sima's got a bunch of good yeah. ideas too, but there's, there's, uh, we're doing everything from the slow TV yeah. idea of like putting a cam in an artist studio for eight hours and just watch them work to <coughs> being able to, you know, have our, just watch our garden row to the mm-hmm. other side of things of doing behind the scenes tours and, you know, curator tours a lot of people are doing. But it's also, what can we do in this unique environment? And this is where kind of come back to being in people's homes. Like, you yes. rarely say, like, hey, let's go look at somebody's personal art collection. Yeah. Unless you're in this scenario. So no, it's true. Things.
2: It's true. It's true. In our, uh, yeah, so we sort of thought about the, not the live stream from the site, but the home sort of things we've been thinking yeah. a lot about. Because it's, this, it's the situation we're all in together. I do think there's a thing about museums like we are we are definitely spaces that are purposefully different than your home. Right. We mm. for lots of reasons. We don't put artwork together because it looks nice. You know, like you, were, Brendan and I were talking about my do- my daughters made this thing behind me and I just like my daughters. That's why I put it up there. That's not why we put things in the museum. you know. And so we work very hard to help people understand spaces. And, you know, the thing the reasons artwork is together and, you know, curating.
0: Could could you see a museum having a live stream exhibition comprised of works that belong to their members and their local oh, audience yeah. versus something that, yeah. you know, talking about yeah. flipping the lens the other yeah. way? Like, some it almost seems like someone is gonna do that. Yeah, um,
2: we, we were talking about um, like maybe not a live stream, but sharing so like yeah. people could take over a handle. One thing for me that I've been very careful about is live stream does take some effort. And like, sure. I'm still, we're very much about What's the effort? What's the, you know, thing? So we're actually doing, like, we're thinking about videos. We have a one of our studio artists is a wonderful screen printer. And I said, actually, I just, like, I think somebody would be, who's, like, lost their mind would just enjoy watching you screen print for, like, an hour. Just, there's something very meditative about that. Or... You know, we, so we talked about video because then we could use that and she could do it when she needs to and whatever. But yes, I do think that the, the underlying thing of your question, Brendan, is are we going to change the paradigm of what is shared and what is included and what is permissible in our spaces uh, digitally? I think so.
0: For sure. And when everything gets back to normal, which we all probably hope is as soon as possible, <laughs> do you think museums will see that as an opportunity to rewelcome their audience? and in some sort of special and unique way? And, and what might that look like? Are the 2.0s and the 3.0s of, of our organizations coming?
2: Yeah.
1: I think yeah. they are. And I would say this is that I, I if I'm gonna be, and I, this isn't for me to sound like dire or anything too, is like, I don't think, I think the normal we're gonna come back to is gonna yeah. be a new normal.
2: No, that's not gonna go mean. back
1: yeah. the way that's it was, right. was. And I do think this is gonna last longer than a few weeks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what's going to be really critical right now is that people understand, like, what's it going to be in the future, rather than protecting what it was in the past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's be able to move forward and see it as an opportunity in a way of kind of really anticipating what things might be. And it could be a small disruption. It could be a major one. We really don't know. No, it's- but we also know this is going to impact funding streams. considerably it's going to impact the audience it's also going to impact ways that we do things going forward for quite a quite a foreseeable future and who's going to do well in that environment is the people that right now are already thinking about that rather than when it's on their doorstep Mm
2: -hmm. no that that is true i do think we so one of the things we'd been working on before sort of all of this started was that we were planning our centennial, which is in twenty twenty two. and when we first started, they were we were sort of like, it should be about the future. And somebody said, actually, the future is really is hard to think about. And um so somebody else in our team, and i' and I'm sorry, I would call them out because it's a good idea, but I can't remember who said it, was that the future is tomorrow. And they were talking about how like the future is continuously being built. In very small chunks of time, incremental chunks of time, and I've been thinking a lot about that for this situation because because yes, I do think we are. I don't even know. You know that we read these yeah. kind of dire things that your you know dad put on Facebook or whatever, and they're pretty <laughs> scary. And so mm-hmm. they're they're so overwhelming. I was saying to somebody, I was like, I can't even watch the press releases. I just don't even. I can't. And um, today, and she was like, Yeah, no, it's it's hard if you have you know it's hard to chunk all that information. So you're right that we need to know that the world is changing, but I wouldn't say for my team right now we're focused on we're focused on the the tomorrow and the near future and we are thinking about the very future, but we're trying to build that very future by the things we do in the near future.
0: Mhm. Okay. So (coughs) expanding on that just a little bit more, what can we learn from this? And how can we use that to plan for the future? And Mm -hmm. in some ways, you're talking about in a way where it seems like our timelines are being greatly condensed, the things that we maybe thought we were going to experiment with in five years, three, I love strategic planning five years out, we're gonna do this like five years out, there's gonna be self driving, flying cars, Um, (laughs) probably a little hyperbole there. But you know, moving that closer where, as you said, the future is tomorrow. So it seems like we're building that while we're going yeah. today, but we're, it seems like everyone's learning a lot. How do we use that to plan for the future if the future is now?
1: The speed of everything is I mean, let's just use this last week. I think I wrote four different press releases or b- different statements yes. about that immediately were outdated within yes. hours. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it's true.
1: And, and that, that yeah. just the That's unprecedented true. speed things are moving at. It also, to me, is this little bit of a challenge about how do we operate normally that doesn't keep up with that speed. Yeah. And so I think it doesn't mean that we need to be running at this kind of you know incredible breakneck speed all the time, but I do think. You know, at times the, the speed of museums has been like an issue comes up. We yes. think about it, we plan for it. And then two no, years true. from now, we're going to do something that responds to it. No, that's yeah. true. And by then it's gone through a thousand different news cycles. And it's out of, you know, so how do we really think about how do we respond more quickly? I totally to agree.
2: No, I totally agree. I think that's one thing we'll definitely learn. The other thing you said is like I had to throw out through press releases. I think as a field, <laughs> we don't throw things at, we don't, we're, there's a sort of preciosity to our work. That we're going to have to lose a little bit. We're going to have to be Mm -hmm. okay with just the way it's going to be, you know. And that, I I think, will be a real positive for our audiences. I I mean, I I think that there's core competencies that that are precious and they should stay that way. But there's other things that I bet we could have uh, made a little bit more colloquial, you know, more approachable. And we're going to have to do it now.
0: And this is maybe going to be one of our last questions from the audience. And then we have a couple more. This comes from Ryan Dodge over at the Canadian Museum of History up in Quebec, Canada. Outside of museums who already have virtual tours, fully digitized collections, what can museums do to keep their audience engaged, especially if their staff is locked out of the museum and they don't have that content we're talking about? I know we did talk a lot about taking what you already have What do you do if you maybe don't have as much digital content produced? What do those campaigns look like? And how do you do that without the access?
1: Well, I think we've we've mentioned this a little bit. I think it's using people where they are. So if people Mm -hmm. are in their homes, how do we use some of the content that's there? And how do we do some of this through us being all scattered all over different places, which is a different challenge, but some different opportunities in that Mm -hmm. too, I think the other thing, too, is it can be really analog in a lot of ways. It can be as mm-hmm. simple as sharing something to Instagram or to a Facebook page, putting a mm-hmm. prompt out there and having people share. It doesn't have to be a really complicated thing either. The biggest thing is just staying in people's kind of consciousness and, and being relevant. And how do you mm-hmm. use some of those things that are out there? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I was also thinking about what, you know, a lot of times you don't have maybe the picture of the object, mm-hmm. but what else do you have? So you have people who've seen the object who might have taken a picture. Somebody in our staff was saying, you know, if we need a picture for a tour, what if we like crowdsourced it? Anybody take this picture in this gallery? So that was one thing, you know, there's probably local illustrators who could really use the work, for example. There's also, if you're asking a question, you could actually write it on a piece of paper, you know, like how far, what, what do you, what did you really need to get at? And what can you do that you don't have? I mean, this is, I suspect a lot of me. We'll, we'll see a lot of memes for museum accounts, for example, because yeah. it's already out there in the world.
0: Totally, totally. I'm waiting for those <laughs> memes, and I, I saw something with little, <laughs> little old Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone on the Chilbrook channel yesterday, or the day oh, before. Really? So it's already, already happening. <laughs> Are both of you up for a little bit of rapid fire? I want to get through these fifty plus questions, but I know we sure. will only be able to get a couple. Sure. So let's, okay, let's try, try to. I'll rattle them off, and we'll try to give quick, concise responses. And anything we don't get to, as mentioned, we'll throw those into a doc that we share. So someone's asking, members are calling left and right asking for extensions on their memberships. This is coming from Lucy Clif- Clifton. Uh. Is, is it too early to make a decision about that? If not, what do you recommend? Do we extend a month, two months, 90 days? Quick, quick answer on that. Too early. Too early to say. Okay. I mean,
2: and it's, it's not just us, right? You know, Disney is saying, like, hold on, Disney waited two weeks before they told us. You know, it is actually, yeah. we're within the paradigm of every other organization that's like, wait, wait. You know, in unprecedented times, that includes trying to wait to make the best decision for everybody.
0: Great. This next question comes from Christy McMillan. She did add before her question, great point, Seema. So I want to give that. Give that oh, out thank
2: there. you. Thank you, <laughs> whoever you are. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so Christy asks, is anyone monetizing or asking for donations? So is anyone monetizing any of these uh, online activities or asking for donations along with the new online content?
1: Yes, we are both, both those things. We're looking at ways we can monetize some of the content, not all of it, some of it and we're looking at ways we are making can putting campaigns together too for asking for donations actively right now And knowing it's a really tough environment to do that but we are doing it
2: yeah we're we're, we're- thinking about ways that we can, you know, we have, we have to, we, we are, museums are places that have to run They're You know, they, they have to pay people and they have to do all these things. So sure. I think everybody is probably looking at ways they can raise money through digital. That's the only way you're going to raise money right now, or calls to foundations potentially, depending on where, what region you're in. So sure.
0: Great. And this next one comes from Gregory Cohen shifting gears. I know a lot of, a lot of what we talked about has actually been broad kind of transcending art museums or encyclopedic collections and could apply and does apply to science centers, children's museums, historical sites and gardens, zoos and aquariums. But this one comes from Gregory Cohen said, where it's children's science museum specializing in hands-on learning. How do we oh. translate that into virtual? How do we translate hands-on learning into virtual?
2: Oh, but I actually think you have maybe an, an that's a fun problem. I mean, you can just, like, you. You, I can imagine your educator, somebody, you know, toilet paper tube and a, you know, paper clip. And I mean, that's, that seems like what you I'm know, seeing. We can't in a get our hands tomorrow. on the
0: toilet paper. The, the shelves are empty. <laughs> okay,
2: sorry, not that one. That's a bad example. Um, though somebody just did. I mean, I think that, or you could also potentially share YouTube, like maybe partner with a YouTuber who's already doing something. So you don't even have to have the toilet paper tubes. They had, they stored them because they were hoarding them or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think you're 90% there. All it is about a delivery mechanism. That's it. You've got the content. Cool. And we have, I want to give
0: closing notes before we give our last question. But in general, the biggest question for everybody is what are we doing as teams? What are we doing as a community to engage the audience during this time and after the webinar? In in an effort to share a lot of these ideas and again, answer some of those unresolved questions, we want to Compile them into a living document to share with the museum community. I know Sema's taken the lead on that for some elements. I know that my colleague Dan's taken the lead on membership and fundraising. I know that MCN, Museum Computer Network's taken an extraordinary lead in compiling a lot of these. But we're going to put together one living doc, and we invite people to share some of their thoughts that they you know, have here on the webinar. Feel free to email them over to anybody here, whether it be Scott or Seema or myself, and I'm confident that any questions you have can be answered by someone in the community. You're not in this alone. Everybody's here to help each other, and I think that's a truly beautiful and inspiring thing, and the fact that you are here shows that you're taking proactive steps in preparing your museum, and at the end of the day, we're all stakeholders and want everybody to be successful and happy and safe and healthy during this very uncertain time. So with that last note, Scott, can you leave us with one big idea that we can bring back to our organizations during this time, preferably
1: not involving explosions? (laughs) Well, okay. Um, Oh, well. So I, you know, I view myself and I, a lot of my career has been kind of working with it as a change agent and kind of as a disruptor in a lot of cases. And this is a case where it's being kind of forced upon all of us rather than <laughs> us going out and, and trying to change things ourselves. And I think it, the really important thing is like how you approach this. So there's a way of either approaching it as a challenge and feeling somewhat you know, paralyzed by it and not knowing what to do or you can see it as an opportunity and how are we gonna actually use this to be able to make some changes and be able to react to what's happening around us and control some of it going mm-hmm. forward. And that takes planning, it's gonna take some thinking outside the box, it's gonna take people moving into areas that they aren't necessarily comfortable. Museums mm-hmm. like things that don't change for the most part, this is an extreme change and I think we all need to kind of brace that in a lot of ways. So what I would say is to look in your community What can you do to help your community? What you can do in this moment, even if it's just a protracted distraction to help your community. So when this is over, that people are gonna look and say like, the museum is really a part of our community was important and it was there when I needed it. And so how do we kind of position ourselves that way? And a lot of it is just, again, I'll say this again, it's anticipating where we're gonna be in a few months rather than where we once were
0: Mm. and be able to
1: work towards that, you know, kind of medium term future. I would one second a lot
2: of those things you know that we're an unprecedented times and you know that you can take the phrase unprecedented times as being pretty terrible or I'm just going to have to I'm now in unprecedented times I'm going to deal with that and for me I think it's the latter that we're we we are getting to choose certain parts of it and let's just roll with the things we get to choose and you know listen to your colleagues listen together work together Give everyone a little bit of grace, and then find something that works for your audiences, for your institution, that feels good for you. You know, that basically, as positive as you can make this space, the better. Because you mm-hmm. could, we're, we have to live through this no matter what. We might as well live through it in a positive, constructive, and exciting way.
0: Well, Seema, Scott, and everybody who joined in—there are over three thousand of you <laughs> from almost every continent and a wide range of countries. People tuning in at two o'clock in the morning must be three o'clock in Singapore now. We really appreciate your time, your attention, all the hard work you're putting in right now at your museum to keep everything moving along during these really uncertain times. One last note before we part ways is this is a whole conversation has been recorded. The webinar is here for you. We'll have that up online in the next 24 hours. Feel free to share it around. And again, feel free to ask questions and use the social media channels that are available to you to tap into the mindshare and the thoughts and the creativity of your community. They're here for you to ensure that you thrive during the coronavirus era and all of the uncertainty. But I, I think at the end of the day, and I'm hearing this through the conversation right now, this is going to in a lot of ways reinvent what we thought museums should be doing and we'll come out stronger. Mm-hmm. We'll come out differently, but we will come out stronger mm-hmm. having survived this together and having tried out new things and having experimented during these trying times. So thanks everybody for joining us today. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Seema. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys are well. I you. hope your families <laughs> are well. And until next time, see everybody later. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye everybody. All- <laughs>